0: Welcome to the To Love, Honor, and Vacuum podcast. I'm Sheila Ray Gregoire from tolovehonorandvacuum.com where we like to talk about how to make marriage a passionate adventure and not just a giant to-do list. And for this month's series on the blog, we're actually talking about periods, which, I mean does affect marriage certainly affects sex and i think mostly what it affects is women's experience of our own bodies and our own sense of shame so i have brought my daughter rebecca on to talk about this with me hi and this is gonna be a fun discussion for those of you watching on youtube We're sitting in my closet because (laughs) we had a lot of complaints about the sound and we're honestly trying to work on it and we bought these foam things that can go on the walls but we haven't set it up yet and this is actually where i recorded the audio for 31 days to great sex when i had to read it out loud because the sound in here is really good and this is what we recorded the podcast on last week which was only a podcast not a video so we thought we would just shoot it in here so here we are in my closet
1: Exactly. So hopefully, hopefully sometime we can get the actual filming set up to also sound good and not only look nice.
0: Yes. And so we are working on that. Periods. That's something that women don't like to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) Or at least we feel really awkward talking about periods. And it is amazing how uh, just this week on Monday and Tuesday, I started the conversation um, a couple of weeks ago on Facebook and Twitter. I asked, hey, ladies, can you share with me some of your experiences with periods when you're a teenager and you have to go to the beach
1: we got a lot of responses we did and so a lot of responses, lots
0: of mortification so i put that in a a post and then on tuesday we talked about how we can help guys better be sensitive to women's periods and girls periods because there's a lot of mortification that guys cause too but really like the floodgates just opened we have so much to talk about this and it's just a lot of shame like there's a lot a lot a lot of shame and along with a lot of discomfort and problems and so that's what we're hoping to tackle this this month but and we're not going to do every podcast on that <laughs> this month. No. but i did want to introduce it because i think there's some interesting things that have come out so far in the comments but one of the things we were talking about this on a previous podcast is that sometimes a vagina is just a vagina yep it's just there Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's not about sex nope nope it's just a part of your body yes <laughs> But we have this tendency to equate anything that has to do with the vagina with sex. And I think that's why we just get really shameful about periods and how they're not supposed to be talked about. And it's something super secret.
1: Yeah. And to be fair, periods happen because you're entering reproductive maturity, right? Like you're able to have babies. That's what periods are for. So it does have to do with sexual reproduction. Mm -hmm. But because you have a period does not mean... That you've done anything wrong, right? <laughs> like seriously. Whereas, I means these girls are often kind of treated like, well, if you have your period, you have to keep very quiet because that's a very secret part of you.
0: But not even secret. Secret's not a bad thing. No, it's. Yeah. I, I think there's really an element of shame to it. Yes. Like, like this is something isn't no that one shouldn't should isn't happen. Yeah, and sh- no one should ever, ever know about it because
1: it really shouldn't be happening. Yeah, because there's something inherently wrong with it.
0: Yeah, or if anybody knows about it, it's like they know about the sex part of you yeah like the equivalent of them watching wa- walking in on you masturbating or something like it's yeah. almost the equivalent like severity and so as girls we go through our lives so afraid that anyone will ever find out we're having a period Now, not everybody was like that I have to say mm-hmm. probably about maybe 30 to 40 percent of the comments were women saying periods didn't bother me at all I felt like a woman it was empowering and that's wonderful that means your mothers did it right and <laughs> that's what we tried to do
1: the quick plug that's what we tried to do with the whole story that's really what we focus on it isn't about like you are now able to be like sexual and so you have to be careful that people don't find out about you like yeah the, the, is, we don't focus on it like that we really mm-hmm. need to talk about how like hey this is cool this is how god made you this is we need to celebrate that this is just amazing way that you were created. And you know, this happens to everyone. It's not a big deal. No reason to be embarrassed. We Mm -hmm. know it's a bit awkward, but we can get through this together. Um, which is how these women were talking about it who had more healthy mindsets about this growing up. And that's what Katie and I really did feel growing up too. Like we weren't, we were embarrassed when we were like 13 and just Mm -hmm. figuring the whole thing out. But by the time we were 14, 15, Mm -hmm. we were totally fine
0: yeah and the whole story our puberty course for moms to share with their daughters or dads to share with their sons we do talk about periods
1: and and we we tell the boys yes and we tell the boys tell the boys what the girls are going through yes
0: and to be sensitive to the girls around them absolutely but there is this element of like feeling like i can't tell anyone or it's mortifying if everyone if anyone finds out and so what that means is that women and girls feel like we have to act exactly the same way when we're on our periods as we do at any other time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And for some people, that's not a big deal.
1: Yeah, some people have really easy periods.
0: Yeah, but for some people, that's actually quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, because if you're if you're the kind of person that you've got extreme cramping and pain levels or you've got extreme bleeding, you can't just act normal. No.
1: Because it's just, it's just too much. You're in too much pain. You're too tired. You're too grouchy. You're too mm-hmm. overwhelmed and you just want to go home and sleep.
0: And there's some people who they throw up. Yeah, that get, was me. That, that was me. Yeah, you would faint and throw up. I would pass out and throw
1: up, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: just, it happens. Like there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. You can certainly, you know, exercise can help, diet can help, all of that stuff. But some people just have it worse than others.
1: That is, that is the thing. And, and I, and as someone who has it much worse than most people, like mm-hmm. I have found there are definitely things you can do to make it better. And and we need to be able to talk about that as, you know, women without saying and so you shouldn't ever have it not be perfect. Right. Right? Like just because there are ways to make it better doesn't mean that you're not allowed to be like, I need to take a day off of work. hmm Right? So mm-hmm. but but that's that's a part of the later conversation. But mm-hmm. there are definitely things that you can do to make it better, but my making it better, um, once it was manageable, meant that my periods became as bad as some of my friends' worst periods. Right. Right? <laughs> so, like, if I'm living at a nine, <laughs> and the average woman experiences a three, yeah, <laughs> I got to, like, a five or a six, and that right. was manageable. Right? right. Then I got pregnant, and, oh, that was way better yeah
0: <laughs> but and then some people also have heavier flows we had a lot of people talking about how tampons just they couldn't do tampons and sometimes that was for shame reasons mm-hmm. a lot a lot of women were told that tampons affect your virginity
1: yes oh which is dear just like, so oh dear oh dear yeah. Yeah, I guess, I and I think... Your virginity is not about if something has inserted into you. That is not virginity. Mm-hmm. That is not. It's just not. Yeah. Otherwise, like, what? Can, like, I don't really Like, do what's it. a pap
0: smear, what's, then? I was gonna say, what's a
1: pap smear? Or, like, what's the equivalent for dudes? Like... Yeah. You know, I don't know, it's just it, no, like can a dude never wear a jock strap or something in case something like, what about underwear then? What if something just touches the outside? Has your <laughs> underwear been doing clitoral play with you your whole life? Like it's yeah. ridiculous. It's not the same thing.
0: No, and I, I guess what they're saying is like maybe it'll break the hymen or something, but lots of things can break the hymen. And before she shouldn't you're go on trampolines.
1: she shouldn't ride horses, she yeah. shouldn't run.
0: Yeah, like we got we gotta get over this. Okay, I have a funny story. This is this is off topic a okay. little bit, but Uh, I've had a lot of internal issues and every time I have an internal issue, which seems to be quite common, my doctor sends me for an internal pelvic ultrasound, which is of course the most wonderful thing a woman could possibly go through. Oh my goodness. It's horrible. Yeah. Like where they stick this thing that's like way bigger than a tampon and they stick it up you and move it around. Yes. Now, as bad as I make it sound, seriously, like if you have issues or problems, do get it done. Yes, yeah, it's do- like it's like
1: five minutes of slight discomfort and it shouldn't be painful.
0: No, it really shouldn't be painful. But anyway, so last time I went, um, uh, they, they they let you insert it yourself. Like they they give you the option of whether they'll insert it or whether you can insert it yourself. So I inserted it and then she's moving it all around and taking ultrasound pictures. And at that particular time, Bevel General Hospital where I was at was doing a fundraising campaign for their cancer wing, and so all the the staff members were wearing these T-shirts with their fundraising slogan on it to raise money for the cancer wing, and the fundraising slogan was "I'm in." <laughs> and so, as she is <laughs> doing the ultrasound, I'm looking at her, and I said. You know that t-shirt just has a totally different meaning right now and she looked down and she lost all professional like she just started
1: broke down broke
0: down and she said i don't know how i'm gonna do any more of these anymore (laughs) it's like we have to wear this t-shirt i feel like i should apologize from now on (laughs) and it was just one of those things but sometimes you just have to laugh because it does get so
1: like, awkward awkward
0: the yeah. pap smears the just the everything that we have to go through yeah. the indignities of it yeah you know but to get back to tampons so then there's the problem where, where girls have been shamed like if you want to use a tampon you're a loose woman yeah. because somehow inserting something in your vagina is sexual it's not sexual no
1: and and I do want to say that tampons diva cups or any other kind of insertable menstrual product Does not feel the same as sex. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And if sex feels like inserting a tampon, I would address that yes that's yes. not okay because no. sex should feel a whole lot better than inserting a tampon
0: yes definitely but then there's some people where you wear a tampon and you still leak like i didn't know okay this 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 is just gonna be a podcast that is TMI. we should just call it tmi podcast yeah. like we, this should just be tmi but i never knew that people wore only tampons i that i never knew that until like about i don't know maybe seven eight years ago Because I always had a tampon and a super pad. Like a super tampon and a super pad from the time I was a young teen because... I just leaked so badly and so I needed the backup and if I was just in a pad it would just be really really bad and a lot of women are like that but some women aren't yeah and you know some women only need a pad or they most
1: and I will say most women mm -hmm. only need a tampon or only need a pad because that they are Mm -hmm. created in order to work for what is considered a healthy normal period right right So if, if you are not working with healthy, normal menstrual products, Mm -hmm. that's when you need to see a doctor. Right. Now I want to say too,
0: I was not abnormal as a teenager. Like I, when I, I, I did border on anemic. So if you, if you have to use a lot of products like that, do get your iron levels checked, but there's a whole range of normal. Yes. <laughs> and I was not abnormal. Now, as I got older, and I'll be sharing about this more um, uh, next week on the blog, when we talk about when you should call a doctor, Yeah, my bleeding did get a lot worse. A lot of people's uh, bleeding gets worse in their 40s, and that can be caused by fibroids, by all kinds of other issues. And sometimes it's like the frog in the boiling water. You put a frog, This you don't actually do this, okay? This is like an analogy, <laughs> but... <laughs> but, but there's a pot of water on the fire, you know, and the story goes that if you put a frog in the water when it's still cold, the frog will stay in that water and it will not hop out even if it could as the temperature rises and as it gets to boiling because it happens so gradually the frog doesn't notice.
1: Yes, and so when the frog feels the need to jump out he can't because he's too hot
0: yeah it, it's too late by then and i think that happens with a lot of women is changes in our cycle they happen so gradually over a period of time that we go that we eventually wake up when one, one night and we have to sleep with a towel under us or else we leak so badly and we don't realize that's not normal yeah and that's what happened to me i was i was in my mid 40s and i was talking to another friend in who was also similar age And I was talking about how awful this is, how as you get into your mid forties, you start bleeding more and, and joking about having to use a towel. And she's like, you know, that's not normal, right, Sheila? And this friend happened to be a family doctor. Yes. <laughs> so
1: that was very. When, when the family doctor friend says this isn't normal. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good cue. So
0: thank you, Bonnie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, but. And that helped me
0: get the workup and the I'm in. But anyway, we don't all have the same periods and we don't all experience the same thing. And some of us need more room for what's happening to us than others like some some girls will go for like 10-15 days on a period and only get a little bit of time off because their cycles are so messed up yeah
1: and again you should not accept that as no you You should be seeing a doctor yes
0: but some people have really a lot of bleeding some people do leak through tampons some people do leak through pads some people find it difficult to insert a tampon and if that's you and please see a pelvic floor yeah like if 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 it's not just that you're queasy but if it's actually you're too tight and it hurts even to do a narrow tampon then um, it is probably a good idea to talk to a doctor, pelvic floor physiotherapist. Yeah. Not about even that.
1: just to prevent pain during sex, but even just to prevent incontinence issues as you get older and like hip mm-hmm. displacement issues. Like it's actually, it, it affects a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. if you cannot, in general, this whole month is going to be if something is happening to you that means mm-hmm. that what is available for normal menstrual cycles doesn't work. Yeah. Assume that there's something going on. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So if you can't insert a tampon when women are all over the world inserting tampons, Mm -hmm. see someone about it. Yeah. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're leaking through pads after two hours when they're supposed to last six to eight. Yeah. Yeah see someone about that
0: yeah right yeah exactly but the problem is because all of this is so secretive and because Mm -hmm. all this is so shameful we don't talk about it and so we don't know what's normal and so we tend to assume that everyone else does the same thing that we do yes and so if you happen to be someone who has a four-day period where it's super light and you Mm -hmm. don't cramp that much It can be easy to think that all of these other women are complaining and are really weak and lazy. Yes. (laughs) And so please, like women, let's have some sympathy for other women and realize that maybe you just lucked out.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Just because it's easy for you does not mean that you inherently did something to make yourself more worthy of an easy period.
0: Yeah. And, and especially I, I hear this a lot with women in sports, and this has come up a little bit in the comments is that, you know, just because you have a period doesn't mean that you get to skip your competitive swimming or does it mean that 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 you get to skip out on gym class and you should just do it and there is there is an element of you know the more we exercise actually the easier a lot of period symptoms get yeah But some women legitimately can't. Yes. And to shame women who legitimately can't is one of the big reasons why girls give up on sports.
1: Yeah. And also remember that, uh, that a lot of these women who are thinking this about other women may have daughters themselves. And if your daughter Mm -hmm. has a more difficult period than you did, which happens. Yes. Um, you were more difficult. I was more difficult. I had, I had the short end of like every stick when it
0: came to periods. (laughs) Seriously.
1: No, but if you are telling, your daughter stop being such a wimp and mm-hmm. your daughter is going through something 10 times worse than you've ever gone through but you just don't know mm-hmm. like what kind of damage is that doing to her yep yeah.
0: and there are some women who their pain during their period is the equivalent to childbirth or worse i
1: will say okay my back labor because i had i had a horrible labor we've experience. talked about that yes. on the yeah tmi this whole podcast is TMI, just the yeah. tmi no to but live on a vacuum podcast for yeah. the majority of my labor i was having doubling back labor contractions that was worse than my period pain mm-hmm. The normal parts of labor yeah. were not as bad. Yeah. And a number the of people normal have said parts. that. No- and the, the reason why they aren't as bad is you get a break. Mm-hmm. So it's like having a contraction for four days straight. Yeah. When, I, when, I, when I, my periods are at my worst, it was honestly like having a contraction for four days straight. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could do was like sit in a hot bathtub, praying that it would go away. Right. And during labor, you have it for a minute a minute and a half, and then you have three minutes where nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so much better. During early labor, yeah. seriously was so much better. Yeah. Um, Yeah, once once the transition happened, once the back labor started, definitely no comparison there. Yeah. Um, But mm-hmm. it, it is absolutely insane what some women have to go through during their period. And so just because you have something easy, don't insult others by mm-hmm. believing that your ease was due to some... Virtue that you have that others don't. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I, I will say too that sometimes when we go talk to physicians about this, physicians aren't always the most sympathetic. No, not at all. And you know, I'm married to a physician. Yep, and he's sympathetic. But I mean, like the female phys- one thing I will tell you because I know a lot of female physicians, and many of them are wonderful. Okay, and I'm, this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't a blanket. Dis on female female physicians physicians
1: in our family
0: yeah we do actually and they're wonderful many many of them actually Anyway, anyway but when you go through med school and when you go through residency you're often on call for 28 to 36 hours straight when my husband was in school even 48 hours straight sometimes where you're expected to be up all night. And many women have have babies in med school and residency, and they work up until the birth. Yeah. And so they're doing this 36 hour call at nine months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they just force themselves through. They push themselves through, probably at an unhealthy level. And there's a lot of debate in the literature about some of this and how inherently unfair this is to women. But if you're the female physician that pushed yourself through, despite all of these physical things, it can be a little more difficult to have sympathy for other women. Yeah. And that is a problem now not all female physicians are like that whatsoever. No. <laughs> not not at all. But there has been I've, I've read some medical journal articles that say that if you're experiencing a lot of pain, it sometimes is better to see a male gynecologist than a female one. So if you're seeing yeah. a female one who isn't
1: taking you seriously, you know, Yeah, and I will say I had that experience myself. I went when I was in university, I went to see my my family physician who was an elderly man just about to retire. And he was listening to me. He's like, That doesn't sound normal, like Mm -hmm. normally I would just prescribe you some birth control or something to see if we can get your hormones, but that doesn't sound okay, so I'm going to send you to a gynecologist and Mm -hmm. see, and so I go to see the gynecologist, who is a woman, and she says, oh, well that's just hard, yeah, a lot of people just have a lot of pain, and then she just told me that really the only thing I could do is get an IUD, which I wasn't comfortable doing, because I didn't know when Connor and me wanted to have kids. Right. Now, fast forward, and, and I really pushed, and I had multiple appointments, and the only thing ever offered to me was birth control or an IUD. Mm -hmm. Fast forward three years later, and I'm pregnant, Mm -hmm. and I get an ultrasound, Mm -hmm. and what do you know? (laughs) I've got a cyst the size of a golf ball and a half on my right ovary. Right. Right? So, and that was likely what was causing a lot of my pain. Mm -hmm. But in seeing this gynecologist multiple times, and I talked to multiple others in the healthcare profession as well, the only person who ever showed me any sympathy was this, like, um, (laughs) 67-year-old male family doctor who was just like, oh... That doesn't sound great. <laughs> Why don't we send to people? And then all the other people in this women's health area where I was talking to just all said, I oh, no, just get an IUD or just go on birth control. I'm like, I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. birth control makes me suicidal and an IUD <sighs> might make it harder for me to have kids immediately. Yeah. Right? And literally, I just needed a five-minute ultrasound. They would have mm-hmm. found it. Mm-hmm. It was the first thing that sh- showed up on the ultrasound. It was like, blam, right there. <laughs> yeah, they're um, looking for the baby and it's like, oh, look. There's yeah, there's <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. So when you have something going on, you might have to fight Mm -hmm. Um, And I stopped after like three visits because I figured, well, I guess guess it's just normal. But don't let it be like an ultrasound four years later for a different thing that helps Mm -hmm. you find what the issue was. Mm -hmm. If you need to fight for it, then fight for it. Mm -hmm. And if they aren't running tests, if they aren't um, referring you to specialists, then just kind of be a pain in their side until they do. Yeah
0: yeah and honestly that's the best way to get speaking as someone who's in a medical family i will tell you if you need to be so annoying be annoying like i am if if one of my friend is in the hospital i go in there and i'm so annoying you still have to be nice to the staff yes like polite 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 but persistent yeah and yeah if you have to call them every single day to see if there's a cancellation you call them every single day and you just be the first phone call they get every day until they're just so sick of you they schedule you in <laughs> and it works. Okay, so so that's one of the issues is that because we see periods as so secretive, we don't talk about them, so we don't realize when we're not normal and we don't realize that there's a breadth of experience uh, that women go through and so we can label people as complainers or whiners or lazy, lazy or <laughs> when that's really not what's happening. The other issue is because this is seen as so shameful and it isn't talked about, Guys have no clue what we're really going through. (laughs) And guys contribute so much to our mortification. Like, especially as teenagers, the number of stories that came through, I remember one woman saying... Their youth pastor was doing this big water event in the summer with the whole youth group. And he was making it compulsory. They were doing a water Olympics or something. And she was saying to him, I really don't think that's a good idea to make it compulsory. You should have multiple events that people can go through to and they can choose which events they want to do. Yeah. And there shouldn't be anything that was compulsory. And he wanted to do this big final event where everyone's in the water and they're doing some big game. And And she kept saying no. And he got really angry at her. And couldn't figure this out. And she said, look, some of these girls are going to be having their periods. You can't do that. He says, well, why should that matter? It's like guy like Like, have you no clue yeah and and the number camp came up a lot so yay for covid not not as many kids are going to be going through that this this summer exactly but but camp was really scarring for so many girls where they were signed up for boating and they had to do their boating test you know the first day of camp and they couldn't wear a tampon And they're supposed to be in their bathing suit and the boating person's yelling at them and she's saying well can I just do it in a few days and no you can't and or insisting that you get in and swim. And it's like, well, I can't. (laughs) And then making you feel badly and having lifeguards yell at you, male lifeguards yell at you.
1: And I do want to say a lot of the comments we got were about teenagers dealing with adult males. Mm -hmm. And, and I know for myself personally, okay, like growing up and I wonder, and I do wonder if this is a generational thing that's changing Uh because I know that for myself growing up, obviously there were guys in my youth who had no clue what was going on. Obviously there were guys where it was like, why, why can't you go in the pool? Why, why are you sitting up there with shorts on? Like take your shorts (laughs) off. Get in the pool, and I'm like, yeah. obviously, I'm not going to. Like, yeah. <laughs> like everyone else is getting this. All of your guy friends are being like, eh, eh. <laughs> eh, cut it out! No! Um, it's just you who doesn't get this, buddy! Yeah. But most of the stories we're getting is about adult men not understanding what teenagers are going through. And I really do think that there's a bit of a cultural change happening where, where guys are actually learning about this more. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, mainly because a lot of people are, are dealing with, like, influencers online, and a lot of female influencers are quite vocal about this. Yeah. But it's just ridiculous when... um uh, I don't want to sound angrier man bashing here to (laughs) get accused of that, but it's ridiculous that a man can have a job where he works with girls, Mm -hmm. and he is not mandatory to learn about this kind of thing. Like, this is so basic. Literally, the 11-year-olds in your youth group are dealing with this, so if you as a 28-year-old can't understand this, like, that's Mm -hmm. utterly ridiculous. Yeah, This is not difficult stuff. This is not rocket science, people. (laughs) Uh, This is just part of normal life. And I'm hoping with the next generation there's more awareness and openness so that girls aren't dealing with this kind of issue as much Mm -hmm. without it losing the privacy. So growing up I almost had the opposite problem Mm -hmm. of all of this uh, surrounded by boys who are so embarrassed have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, See, okay, I was a lifeguard and then also a lot of my friends who are guys had sisters, like multiple sisters. Mm -hmm. And I want to just, because I know some of them listen to this, of yes. people I knew growing up, they're all wonderful guys, okay? Your
0: sister married one of them. Yes, <laughs> yes, for
1: sure. No, but like, seriously, wonderful guys. And also, David's not who I'm about to talk about. But Okay. Uh, <laughs> but they were like one or two dudes in the general group. Who were a little too open about it. Uh They were a little too accepting. (laughs) They were the guys who anytime any girl showed any emotion, they were like, would you like a foot rub? (laughs) Or like, (laughs) anytime any girl was like, they realized a girl was on her period, it was like, just, it was his job to prove to her how okay he was with this, and how he was there for you, and, oh, I'll give you a neck rub, or I'll bring you chocolates, or I'll, and, like, it wasn't a trying to win you over in love kind of thing. It was honestly just a, oh, sweetie, oh, sweetie, you're trying to be so so woke. They were just trying way too hard. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying we need to not have shame and we need to have education. Yeah. But we also need to maintain privacy. Yes. Because privacy is important. Yes. Yes. My, my kind of, and, and again, it's not like you can never mention it. Um, you know, like uh, the guys at the YMCA all handled this beautifully because Mm -hmm. every, like when you work in a pool scenario, I mean, we talked, like there was just a box of tampons. In for the the staff <laughs> like, like, there's that kind of thing going on, right? Like, the guys would every now and then say, like, well, that sucks. If they heard that we were on her period, you know? Yeah, or, like, yeah. are you feeling okay? Or, like, they, they offer a word of encouragement or support, but then it wasn't like, we have to tiptoe around Rebecca because she's on her period, or yeah. we have to make sure that Rebecca is carried everywhere by four men yeah. um, <laughs> because she is on her women's monthly elevation yes. <laughs> yes. like, it's nothing like that right the way I like to think about the healthy way to kind of talk about this stuff is it's a bodily function Mm-hmm. How do you talk about other bodily functions? Yeah. When you hear that your friend is going for a nice big poop in the bathroom, are you outside being like, you can do it, just push, you can do it, oh my gosh, I totally understand. I mean, I haven't personally had a poop like that before, but like, I will be there for you. Do you need any fiber? Like, I could bring you a bran muffin. Here, why don't I come up behind you and just kind of squeeze your shoulders to help you just get it, like, obviously that would be inappropriate, because privacy is a thing. Yeah, and, or like, when you say, I'm
0: going to the bathroom, you don't you don't announce whether it's for number one or number two. Exactly. But you, you like, do tell people excuse me, I'm just going to the washroom.
1: Exactly. But you wouldn't yes. say, hello, had some curry and a smoothie <laughs> two hours ago. They are about <laughs> to make an appearance. <laughs> right? Like, there's an issue of privacy that is still important. And yeah. I think we just need to stop seeing it as a sexual function and start seeing it as a bodily function. Right. right? Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with doing a video like, like all these influencers I'm talking about. Who they do videos on how they handle their period or mm-hmm. their experiences their first period like that kind of stuff is is fine because people tell funny bathroom jokes people tell yeah. people tell experiences if you have IBS right yeah there's you need information on that right yeah, yeah. and it's totally fine if other people know what your experience with IBS was right yeah. but if. There is an acquaintance near you who is in the bathroom. We don't cheer them on. Right? (laughs) So that's just all I'm saying. It's like, as parents, and as a parent of a little boy, Mm -hmm. right, as a mom of a little boy, my job in my mind is to teach my little boy that this is just a bodily function like others. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you need to have, but it's a more difficult one. So you Mm -hmm. need to have sympathy and... You know, but he doesn't need to offer shoulder rubs to ever girl getting her period. Right. Because I don't right. want him to be creepy.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's the creepy, there's the creepy factor, creepy line you don't want to cross. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. On Facebook, one of the places I shared this post, a guy popped up and said, and I think he's in his 40s, so this would have been... When he was a young teen, he had cousins and sisters. And at one point, somebody was on the period, said something, and he asked, oh, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And he was told that's none of your business. Yeah. And, and so he just didn't, he
1: honestly didn't know. And that's the thing. I think a lot of guys honestly don't know.
0: One of the funniest things that has come out again and again in the comments in the last few days on the blog is um, women saying that guys assumed that we could hold it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They can turn like, it off. Like we can turn it off in the same way that, you know, with other things that you expel from your body, yeah. you tend to do it by choice.
1: Yes. <laughs> like it's like, learn... I think they just think that it's your period means you need to go to the bathroom more often to kind of unload. Right. Right. It's right. like, and it's like, yeah. no, sweetie. Yeah. No.
0: And I think there's also a thought that it's like an IV drip where it comes like at a, or, or people think it's like at a consistent drip amount constantly and they don't realize sometimes there can be nothing and then there'll be a big gush yeah and then you and then you just freak out when you get the big gush because we feel the big gush yeah and you're worried oh no (laughs) (laughs) you know and and so there's there's just that misunderstanding too but yeah like there's been there were a lot of stories of of guys just really not understanding and so anything that we can do to help our, our boys see this in a healthy way, understand that this is just a part of her life, but yet yes. not be super creepy.
1: Exactly. Because it, it really is just men need to understand so that they can, in essence, it, it's the same thing as if, if someone was planning a youth trip and didn't think about the fact that people had to use the washroom. Mm-hmm. Right? Th- that mm-hmm. is, in my mind, is the equivalent. Yep. Right? So yep. women simply have more, respon- more, it takes more responsibility to make sure that girls are accounted for.
0: Yeah, like, and to make yeah, it accessible yeah. one of the big things like for bus trips is a huge thing in, in a youth group, you know, you have that one washroom, which often doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, girls are afraid to use it. And then the, the, the youth group says we are not stopping for bathroom breaks more than yeah. once every three hours. And You know, that can be really mortifying
1: Yep, it can be really difficult.
0: So we just need to show a little bit more support there. And I think women, we need to be more supportive of each other.
1: Yep, and women also need to step up and make sure that you are the ones who are dealing with this, not your teenage daughters. Mm -hmm. Like, if your teenage daughters are going on an away trip with the Mm -hmm. church or with the camp or with school or anything, like, you as the parents need to... Mm -hmm. be the ones to say, Okay, what's gonna happen if my girl gets her period? Like Mm -hmm. are is she gonna have to change her tampon on a tiny little bus while her friends are knocking on the door, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Brittany Brittany Why are you taking so long, Brittany? (laughs) Right? Like you have to ask for them Mm -hmm. because too many of the comments had these little girls saying I was only twelve years old and I had to talk to my fifty seven year old camp like leader of the group because I wasn't able to do my swim test and they were all yelling at me and mm-hmm. I was sent to you know their office and it's yeah. like she was 12. Yeah she should not have had that on her. No and the parents should have spoken up ahead of
0: time. Yeah yeah and so we just need to have more awareness of all of this because I think and you know as, as we get older this also affects how we see sex too because when we feel so, so much shame about what is a natural bodily function, you start to feel shame about your vagina in general. Yeah, or
1: just being a woman <laughs> in general. Just being
0: a woman. And, you know, like, if you leak, that's the worst thing in the world. Because, I, and I don't even know why. Like, why is it that leaking is so mortifying? I You know, I've been, I've been thinking about that a lot as I've been planning these posts. Like, what is it? That is so mortifying.
1: I think that it's just because it's blood. Honestly, I think that blood is just way more personal than anything else, and I yeah. think it's so much more visible. Okay, you pee yourself, and it dries. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You bleed mm-hmm. through, and you've got a giant red stain there. Yeah. Right? And also, it smells. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, I think there's a lot of that. I think it, honestly, a lot of it is just the practicalities of having blood coming yeah. out of you, right? People yeah. are queasy around blood. People aren't queasy around urine. No. Right? Like, compared no. to other bodily functions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if people aren't queasy around They're like, ew, that's gross. But you have the ew, that's gross factor, plus you have people who are queasy, mm-hmm. um, plus, like, you know, you have to worry about leaving stains places, plus, like, yeah. there's there's just a lot of extra just practicalities to deal with. So I think I think that part of it is just kind of a shame message. I think that also, it's just objectively more difficult to deal with. Yeah. And more embarrassing. Yeah. And so we need to just get
0: better at talking about this. I want to end with this story. A woman left this on Facebook. So grew up with brothers and then as they were adults they were sitting around the living room someone was doing a run to the grocery store she yelled out can you get some tampons and one of her brothers said ew and she turned to him and she said literally half the people you know have periods like get over yourself you're not a kid anymore you're an adult man yeah exactly (laughs) i thought like way to go and she said we need to normalize this buying pads should be the same as buying toilet paper or q-tips it's just a normal thing And I hope that we can get to that point. I hope that the whole story, if you talk, if you use that to talk to your kids about, about puberty, about periods, um, I hope that can help. And we do have it on special COVID pricing. So we will put, we will put the link to that in the podcast description. But just, I, I think it's a good, a good exercise for all of us to think back to your teenage life and just ask yourself, how did Puberty and having my period affect how I saw myself and how I saw sexuality. Because for a lot of us, it hurt. Now, not all of us. Mm-hmm. Some of us, like I said, had great experiences. Yep. But for a lot of us, there was just that shame message that we've never quite gotten rid of. And so I think if we, can, if we can think back to some of those memories, process some of those memories, allow yourself to have sympathy for that little 12-year-old Brittany in the bathroom <laughs> of the bus. Like, you know, give 12-year-old Brittany a, a hug in your mind. Yeah. And, uh, and realize she was really young to be dealing with a lot of this. And And
1: the adults in her life failed her.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to have some sympathy for her. And maybe as you work through some of that, it'll help you see sex and your body and all of that in a different way. So tune in this month on Mondays. Um, we will be talking about periods at to love, honor, and, and lots of other days as well. We've got some interesting things coming up, including looking at the Old Testament rules on uncleanness. People have been asking what that means, mm-hmm. when to go see a doctor, what to do about periods and sex and all of that. Uh, but for the rest of the month with our podcast, we've got a lot of other things coming up that won't just be about periods. So yeah. t- Tune in and we're going to have fun. Have a wonderful August for the rest of your
1: summer and we will see you again next week.